Lego my ego. Welcome to the Going Pro Yoga Podcast, where we're going to talk about Legos. Just kidding. We're talking about the ego, which is probably <laughs> more fun, actually. <laughs> the inner child in me was like, Legos are super cool. But then I was like, no one's going to care about Legos, except for probably me. Lincoln Logs, though. Lincoln Logs. You don't know. Is that like the new thing? No, it's the old thing. The Lincoln Logs. Oh, come on, guys. If you know the Lincoln Logs, if you know what they are, please message me and tell me I'm not crazy. But they're these logs. Basically, you can build like log cabins with them. But they have two notches in them, so they stack kind of perfectly. And you just kind of build these empires, man. Really? This is yes. before Lego? Yeah, I'm not making this up. Before. It may be the same time. I'm not sure. Before Lego? Lincoln Logs, bro. Dude, how old are you? I'm old. Oh, shit. I am. I'm dinosaur like. I'm like I'm 37, and I don't even. Mm, I'm at least a thousand years older. <laughs> Welcome to the Going Pro Yoga Podcast Nugget Series. My name is Michael Henry, and I'm Byron De Marseille. In these short 15-minute episodes, we're going to be answering some of the most common questions in the yoga industry, so that you can walk away with the answers in a short period of time. That's right, Michael. With each topic that we choose, we'll be discussing it from two different perspectives: the teacher and the student. I'll be approaching these questions as a physiotherapist or physical therapist with over 10 years experience treating some of the most common and complex injuries. And my guidance will be from the perspective of having taught 7,000 classes, roughly 10,000 hours over 10 years. Welcome to our podcast. Cool. So we're, what are we talking about? We're talking about the ego, not Legos. Yes. Even the Legos are cool. And the ego, man, what a topic. We could digest this for quite a while, but we'll just start going at it and see how it goes and uh, take it from there. But... Yeah, ego. I mean, what is the ego? What is it to you, Byron? What is Man, what is the ego start? Well, like, how do you want to? It is. I feel like this is a word that is very often confused. Not to say I'm the one that is the perfect. Maybe I am. I don't know the perfect person to talk about this. Nice ego. <laughs> but. <clears throat> I think people, not that there's a confusion, there's just a different definitions out there. People grasp. And so what I've learned recently, <laughs> as far as five minutes ago, when I pulled it up on my phone, is some of the simple stuff. What I like to do is go to the simple stuff, the basics, and then form my own thoughts around it. Um, so put simply, the English word ego is Latin for I. Mm -hmm. Literally translated, ego means I. So if you're writing like, I love you in Latin, you'd write ego amo te. The use of ego crept into psychology mostly through the work of Sigmund Freud. And in Freud's theory, the ego is part of the personality that arbitrates between the animalistic desires of the id and the moral and social standards of the superego. So that's a little breakdown. It might be a little TMI. I was going to say, what does that even mean? But... It's just some planting that seed. Right. Okay. And now let's that's go into... the origins of it, basically. Yeah, that's the origin. So, or at least so and if you read further thought. into that, Sigmund Freud really never even said ego. It was like, I forget what if it says Russian or some some writer, German. German called Das, das Ich. Das Ich, literally the I. The I. So in his writing, it, it became pop. This word ego started mm. to become popular. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so then going from there, what do I think about ego without having read that? I f and I feel like my I may not have the popular, but it's not that unpopular. I just think people don't think about the ego. The ego is, like I do, the ego is, it is basically 
something that can stand in your way um, from seeing the truth is I think the most simplistic way I can put it. The, the ego is a block from the truth. And now we know it comes from I. So your ego can get involved in a lot of ways. I want this. I want this fancy car. I want this big house. I want this girlfriend or boyfriend. I want this life. Um, this is your ego that wants it. So I think at this point, it's important to insert the question, is the ego good or bad? Mm -hmm. Or is that relevant? Mm -hmm. So, hmm, okay, so let's discern that a little bit. Is the ego bad? Yes or no? Okay, so let's explore yes. Then you're saying that because you want something that's bad? That doesn't seem right, right? So what's bad about that? I don't know. Well, it, it kind of comes down to the freedom aspect mm -hmm. and like where are you operating from? And it's a shield. It's a mask. If you want to keep it simple, it's just like a, a Halloween costume that you put on every day. Right. And that, that's more or less there and affecting your decisions. So it's a mask. That's the way I look at it. How about you? I mean, you got a pretty big ego. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think, and that's the funny thing that you said. Um, I was thinking about it quite a bit. But the, the thing that really resonated with me was the good and the bad part. Um and the perceptions or the, the, the way that people see their ego as being, generally speaking, in my experience, a bad thing. And wanting to, you know, if you're an egoic person or you're egotistic, then that's a negative thing. Um, or if you're selfish, which is just another way of saying, like, the same thing. Um, Self-centered, these types of words. They have, like, this negative connotation to them. And if you're labeled as one of those things, you would be like, oh, shit, I only think of myself. But that's like, wait, it doesn't mean you only think of yourself. At least in my opinion, it means you think of yourself or you're considering yourself or you're, you're, you're being aware of what your needs are or what your wants are. And that's okay. Um, when it becomes a problem is when that starts to step on other people. When your needs and wants and desires wants end up you know, crushing other people or like walking on top of other people. And then that to me is, is not necessarily the ego being a bad thing. It's, it's how the ego is being is how it's carrying forward perhaps. Um, does that kind of register at all? Because that's, that's how I see that good and bad. And to me, at least that's how I used to think about the ego. It's like the ego is bad. Like if I have a big ego, then that means like I'm, I'm big headed or, you know, I, I'm not accepted in society because it's a negative thing if I am, am egoic or whatever. At least that's the way that I view it is, or at least that's the way I used to view it. I'm trying to change the way I see it now as the ego being, kind of being my friend and like you said not getting in the way where my ego becomes more of a reactive state or it becomes something that limits me from you know joys or enjoyments of life because for example this little trapped thought in mind that if I'm self-centered or I'm focusing on myself that it's a bad thing and I think that sometimes maybe that's the way people feel about it is that they don't want to focus on themselves too much because then they're being self-centered or selfish. When in my my world, I'm I'm always encouraging people to look out for themselves before anyone else. Like I'm my number one, and my partner Christina, I always tell her like you're your number one. I'm not your number one. Mm -hmm. You're your number one, and you can choose to have me as your number two if you like. But everyone's number one should be them first. 
is that self-centered? Is that egotistic? Well, at least that's the kind of way that I, I yeah. see it now. What I hear, what I'm hearing is there's a fear of judgment from others, which you said, um, which I think is an, a valid point. Like the, the social conditioning around the word ego and what that does to us inside contracts us or expands us. And just by hearing the word, you might think, oh, that's bad because you associate it with a certain something. Let's say, for instance, some I, I'm walking in with some bravado and like I'm just super loud and obnoxious and it seems like it's all about me. Mm -hmm. And somebody says, oh, my gosh, that guy's got a huge ego. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here is this judgment from someone else that, that is with my ego. It's not good or bad, but... It could also be seen as at least the perspective that could be shifted on the other side is like that person's very confident or they're coming in and they're, you know, they hold themselves really uh, confidently or assertively or, 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 you know, they're. Well, there's a way. There's, right. a, there's a way to be confident and not to be in your ego. Somebody might perceive it as your ego one way or the other. Right. It might come down to familiarity, the Kevin Cosner effect, which I've talked about on previous podcasts, but just getting familiar with somebody will will help you to maybe see that's happened to me a lot in my life where people will approach me after several classes and now they've I've won them over something about them they love my, my class now and they feel compelled to tell me you know in the beginning I wasn't real sure <laughs> it happens less now it seems to happen more when I was younger but um but yeah I think that's indicative of of kind of making it seem like it's about you but they kept coming back because they weren't sure. But once they got familiar and they were like, oh, wait, this guy's just different in a way that I like. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep coming back now. Probably don't get those other people, you know, they just don't come back. So you don't have the other kind of stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then going into the yogi perspective and the meditation perspective of separating yourself from I, from ego. And what is that what's happening during those moments of meditation? What's happening during those moments of complete and utter satisfaction with simplicity and just being? Well, I think some would say that the removal of the ego is so pleasurable because you're not trying to please anything anymore. You're just being present to the moment. And rea re reacting is not the right, right word. Responding to your environment. Um, but, but literally moving with the flow of life and not getting caught up in your wants. Instead, trying to listen to um, maybe you could say the universe wants. You know, maybe that's going a little too, too much into the, my narrative. But, you know, what did I want to say there? What did my ego want to say? You know, the truth is I want you to, to like understand that the ego isn't just this thing that is is just kind of this bravado confidence thing. But from the yogi perspective, you're removing the eye. You're meditating yourself away from these multiple thoughts that you're having and these emotional uh, kind of like each thought is holding some sort of energy, like uh, electricity behind it. Mm -hmm. So every time you, you sit and meditate, you release that electricity a little bit mm -hmm. from the negative thoughts, mm -hmm. from the things that are bothering you and obsessively and kind of keep cycling through that loop. And now all of a sudden it's cycling through and you're looking at it 
but you're feeling a little less stressed or anxious. And so then it goes by and next time it comes around, you're training your mind right. to be, feel kind of like, Oh, right. that's, there's that, that thing going. It's kind of cute now. Oh wow. Now it's like, it doesn't even affect me. And now it's gone mm-hmm. and it's out of the loop. Right. And that's, it's interesting that you say that example. Cause I don't know if it was you that told me this, but I remember someone talking about the ego being a loop cycle within your mind of something happening. And you're basically, your ego keeps you trapped in the loop. And maybe it's a story that keeps looping back and forth or... Sounds like something I said differently, but yeah. Yeah, at least that's the part that resonated with me because you said a lot of stuff and I was like, man, that's, that's, I'm like thinking it's thought provoking. But then when you mentioned the thing about that, I was just like, ah, that's, that sounds familiar that like, you know, in the ego doesn't need to be like a confident, you know, um, masculine type of thing as well. Like, like the ego can also be like victim mentality. It can also be mm-hmm. um, it's viewed in different ways from like the feminine perspective. And yeah, I just, that looping kind of resonated with me and I wanted to share that because I thought maybe it might resonate with, with someone else with regards to that ego kind of getting in the way. And if, you know, if you're in this loop cycle and you can't get out of it, then is that getting you in the way of something better or greater or just moving on type of thing? Um, so that's at least what resonated with me. I mean, there's a few other ways we can take this ego thing in a practical sense of like, how do we explore our own ego a little bit? Cause it, you know, we've been working on these things a little bit, but there might be someone that being like, this is too advanced for me, hard for me to kind of digest this mm. ego conversation. Um, I have a, I have a suggestion actually mm. just to kind of throw out there. If this is kind of a little bit lighter for you, is that just in my exploration <clears throat> of what the ego was for me, uh, what came out a lot in a, my relationship with Christina, where it's like when the ego comes out, you know, we would clash and we'd bump heads and all that stuff. And one of the most, Uh, freeing things and also most challenging things that we've done is we've named each other's ego. So Christina's ego's name is Barbara and my name uh, for my ego is Leonard. (laughs) So the way that we would view it is like whenever we're not being our best in in the simplest form, whenever we're not being (laughs) our best self, Barbara's present or Leonard's present. And that best self might be coming across as like egocentric or like rude or short or whatever. And then by us labeling the ego, quote unquote, then we're able to identify when there's this energy, this presence, or maybe this loop or whatever you want to call it is now Are you the one saying that your Leonard is out and she's saying that her Barbara's out or are you calling the other person out? Well, originally the part of the plan was to just name the ego, like as in like give it an actual name. So I chose Barbara, she chose Leonard. Right. I didn't love the word Leonard, which kind of made my ego be like, I don't know what I feel. You know what I mean? But like, that's the point is you don't necessarily need to like it. That's just Mm. who it's being identified as. And then we would actually like try to call out the qualities of it. So like qualities of my ego or frustration, sometimes getting annoyed, these types of things like that. Mm -hmm. And then Christina's ego is more a little bit victimized. It's uh, sometimes manipulative, you know, these types of things. But like to hear that, if if I were to say like, yeah, you're a little bit victim mentality and, and manipulative. That might trigger someone's ego immediately, mm-hmm. right? So in our relationship, it was one of the most challenging things to do. But at the same time, it was the most freeing thing because we started to identify when it was present. Mm-hmm. And even though we didn't like being called out, it's almost like those touch points just made it easier to recognize like, oh, yeah, shoot, I do get frustrated a lot when and I probably could just need to, you know, not react in those moments and give myself a breath, take a moment, take a deep breath, and then continue on as opposed to re- reacting uh, in that frustrated moment, I could wait a minute, 
then respond, be my better self, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I'm no longer speaking from Lenny. Lenny's no longer driving the car. Right. Lenny's in the back seat saying and yelling a bunch of stuff. And then Michael's right. like, no, 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 Lenny, just take a breath. I'm driving the car, buddy. Yeah. And then that's how I we mean, roll. I think as, as many touch points as you can have to uh, develop awareness around your own ego, the better. I think if you can learn how to do it on your own without somebody else calling you out, we'll probably... It'll trigger be, you less. It'll be a lot easier. I'm <laughs> it'll sure. be a lot easier. I wouldn't recommend doing it my way, but that's just my story and how that kind of came mm-hmm. through. All right, let's let's give this a little bit of a break. We're going to end this episode here and continue the conversation next week as we explore part two of what is the ego. This will give you a little bit of time to integrate some of the thought-provoking questions about the ego to ultimately create awareness around, it, and that's the whole goal of these episodes. So. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week. All right, listen up everyone. Paul, Byron, and myself have been working so hard on putting together a platform dedicated specifically to yoga teachers. And the good news is it's almost ready for you. Soon, this platform is gonna be publicly released, but we wanna actually make a special offer to those who have been dedicated to following us since the beginning. So that's a lot of you listeners right now. We want to make a special offer for you. And if you are interested in being one of the founding members of this Going Pro platform, then you're going to have an opportunity to do so. All you need to do is just go into any of the description of any episode and you'll be able to sign up to the wait list for this Going Pro platform so that you can take advantage of this offer. We hope to see you there.